Have you ever heard of the Club of Rome? This is Truth to Ponder with Bob Bierman. And welcome to the Monday edition of Truth to Ponder. And I'm your host, Bob Bierman. I'm going to be talking about the Club of Rome. I know many of you have heard of them and some of you have not. They're one of those organizations that have been around for a while that weave their way into government, into politics, into corporations all over the planet. And many of the things that they have been pushing for for well over 50 years are becoming part of the norm today. And you need to kind of understand all of these various groups that are putting pressure on governments on corporations, on banking that have a direct impact on your life. And I'll share that in just a few minutes. I need to share some news here at the beginning of this program. Some of it is good news. Some of it is, well, sad news. And I I need to spend a few minutes at the beginning of the program today. On the good news side... We realize that this program is being aired on a frequency at 11 a.m. Eastern Time now on WRMI. Honestly, I was not aware. And I know that they had added some schedule. And so we have to get the program done a little bit sooner than we had been in the past. And so we're going to work out a better scheduling. We are on 15770. That's 15... 0.77 megahertz and this frequency is toward Europe and I hope that if we can make sure the programs are done in a timely manner we will be able to be heard in the United Kingdom and much of Europe in the afternoon so that's the good news and we're always looking for ways to expand the program one of the problems with shortwave is it is a very expensive medium to operate for the radio station. Power bills are enormous. Equipment upkeep is expensive. It is often not even feasible to consider buying new transmitters in the way the economy is today. The audience is not necessarily growing, even though there is a substantial audience still around the globe. It is not as popular in the United States and Canada as it once was. So there, there is a decline in audience and there has been a decline in the number of stations that are operating. In, in recent years, I know an organization, World Harvest International, had a facility in South Carolina. It's no longer operating. And I'm not sure if they've even scrapped the site or if it could ever be resurrected. Their ministry has decided that online is the only way to go. And and I really believe that's not a very good decision because online is the most controllable medium that's out there. But that was their decision. Other stations that I, I know over the years, there was a, a WWRB, Worldwide Religious Broadcasters, from near Nashville, Tennessee, They shut down, and then the owner passed away. And once again, I don't know if that station could ever be resurrected, if it's worth resurrecting. And last night, Sunday night, 
I'm at home and my phone rang. And the call was from out west, from California. And it was from the individual that is the chief operating officer for KVOH, which is, you know, Voice of Hope in the Simi Valley area of California that have been broadcasting on 9975 kilohertz for many, many years. And we've been on that station literally since the beginning. Well, it is getting very expensive to operate a facility in a place like California, regardless of your nonprofit status. And in the recent year, because of politics, because of government mandates and everything else, and the, the fact they don't build power plants in California and all the brownouts, power costs have more than doubled for that radio station. And their transmitter is an older unit. They have another one they've been trying to rebuild, but it, the company that made it is no longer supporting it, and now it, it, it's a project that can't be done. And the other transmitter is even older. Now, we helped out about two months ago in, in finding some parts for that older transmitter to keep them on the air. With the increase in their power, they had to they had to cut back the number of hours. And they've been hoping beyond hope for the last several months that they could increase their schedule again. And they did add a day. They were on the air Thursday, Friday, Saturday, and Sunday. Got the word last night that it's just become apparent between the cost of operation, the fact the people that own the tower, you know, the, the transmitting site, perfect location. Unfortunately, it's a perfect location for a lot of other things like housing and everything else. And they're being told they're eventually going to have to get off that site. Well, the cost of moving is just prohibitive. And so effective Sunday night was their last night of broadcasting and they have now ceased operation. And, and it really breaks my heart because I, I'd like to see that station maybe move to rest. I'm not sure what can be done. But my friends at The Voice of Hope have been wonderful to me, and I think the world of them. And, and I, I'm just saddened that they had to come to this point. And so I'm not sure how long they're going to maintain. We've been on their stream for, for quite a while. And my heart is broken, and I just pray that maybe something can be done. There are not that many independently owned shortwave radio stations out there, and you can't just go apply for a license to build one in the United States unless you've got seven figures in the bank. Don't even think about it. Can't be done uh, for the most part. So I'm just letting you know. We, we try to expand the hours on what we can because I still believe it is a very viable ministry for many of you out there today. Now, I'm going to be sharing a little bit today and then a lot more tomorrow on an organization called the Club of Rome. And, and you need to understand who these people are. Now, before I get into that, how many of you paid attention to any of the news over the weekend. The so-called civil war in Russia that didn't happen, that lasted, didn't even make it 24 hours. And you had all these American mainstream 
media outlets going, good, yeah, ha, ha, yeah, yeah. They're going to Civil War. Putin is toast. Ha, ha, ha. It's all a bunch of nonsense. It is a psychop. It is garbage. Don't believe any of it. There is no civil war. The Atlantic, which is intellectually and journalistically bankrupt, along with being morally bankrupt, once again comes up with some stupid story that they hope will take hold. And they end up with nothing but egg on their face. They're the same ones, the Atlantic. Remember them. Oh, let's move on from the pandemic. Mistakes were made. Let's just all get along. No, we're not going to get along. You, the Atlantic, were one of the worst with COVID-19. One of the worst. One of the worst propagators of fake, false, and phony news and a government narrative. Amazingly, all the fake news that you claimed was out there ends up now being the actual truth. So I don't believe anything that the Atlantic says. I don't believe much of anything in the New York Times or the Washington Post. They are so politicized. They have been weaponized into politics that they're nothing but propaganda arms for an intellectually, morally, and in every way bankrupt United States government. Our government in the United States, and it is the same way in Canada, it is morally, intellectually bankrupt. It is demolished. It is evil. Our government has become an evil government. It is no longer the government that we once knew. And now we're finding out for 70, 80 years, they've been nothing but filthy, disgusting liars. Pushing wars. People have died because of the stupidity and the arrogance of the idiots that are in charge. We have, we've lied to the, they've lied to the American people and people die. Why do you think we have organizations like Wounded Warrior, Tunnels to Towers and all that to take care of the people that have, whose lives have been destroyed because of the greed and insanity of some of these people in charge? I'm not some kind of a peacenik, don't get me wrong. I, I'm just understanding that there are powers that be that are controlling the levers of government in the shadows. And I'm telling you, it, it is what Eisenhower said. It is the vast military industrial complex. And so you had all these stories about the rebellion in Russia, which never happened. We heard for weeks in Ukraine, the the Zelensky counteroffensive is going to take care of it all, and it's it's a failed it failed. And all the headlines, top of the fold, is the term they use for the big stories, have gone up in smoke. And once again, you know, there's a lot more to the story, and we'll talk about it maybe later this week as the dust settles. I don't trust our own intelligence agencies here in the United States. I think, think of the 51 intelligence people. They're not intelligent. They're evil. Who signed that document. Oh, the Hunter Biden laptop is Russian disinformation. You know, I want you to stop and think for just one minute, please. One minute. They knew in 2019 that the Hunter Biden laptop was the real deal. 
They knew it. Everybody knew it. Everybody that had seen it, everybody that had it, the intelligence, the intelligence community, they all knew it. Yet, to get rid of Donald Trump, every one of those stinking individuals lied to you. They just lied. They didn't care. They lied. Oh, we. this has all the earmarks of Russian... They, they carefully, and they worded this letter very craftily to not tell you the truth, but make you believe a lie and give themselves culpable deniability. Well, we never said it really was. Yet the media ran with it. Campaigns ran with it. Joe Biden ran with it. Everybody ran with it. And they ran it all the way to the Oval Office in a fraudulent election. Sorry, but that's just the facts. I don't care how you, you can disagree with me all you want. I'm at a point in life I really don't care anymore. And I absolutely despise these individuals for what they have done to this nation, how they have torn it apart from the inside, how they have just decimated the institution of government and have corrupted it for their own personal gain. Millions of dollars going to the Bidens for what? They're good looks? Of course not. And so these wars and rumors of wars continue. They really do. And we are on a a journey of destiny that I think is very likely to happen sooner than later. I'm not going to say that it is or isn't, but man, all the earmarks are there of things that can go that can really go wrong in the not-too-distant future. The same CIA that caused a coup in Ukraine in 2014, the same CIA that many believe were involved in the assassination of John F. Kennedy, is the same CIA that was trying to gin up something in Russia. And remember, for the leftist in this country, Russia has been the perfect whipping boy for decades, many, many years. We screw up, blame Russia. We break a treaty, blame Russia. And that's what's really happening in Ukraine. And people just don't know it because they're so ignorant from not getting real, honest news. This war is not what people, the optics, are leading people to believe. And I'm noticing a lot of people are starting to catch on around the world. You don't see as many of the Ukrainian flags anymore. Gay pride ones, yes, but Ukrainian flags, I'm seeing less and less on Facebook pages around the world and, and everything. It's kind of like they're beginning to, some people are beginning to see that there's something wrong with this. This corrupt nation, all the money that we send in there and others send in there, where is it going? Now, Club of Rome, and and I'm going to just give you this introduction today to the Club of Rome. And on tomorrow's program, I'm going to really get into how they have impacted the world and how even the name Rome and what it's all about has a significant meaning from a biblical point of view. So you start out with the understanding, please, that much of the news that's out there, even on some of these so-called conservative media, is not necessarily true. Understand that lies are the way of the world, unfortunately. Club of Rome 
got its start in around 1968. And it is basically a bunch of scientists and people that got together that worried about world sustainability, population growth, you know, the the, the same usual suspects that we hear all the time. And they've been spending their time, they started out as a small organization, they met in Rome, and and they've come to be a society that believes in a no-growth, and that needs to be a priority everywhere in the world. We have too many people, we need less. They had a report, and this is where their real kickoff begins, in 1972. And they're looking at the trends and the demographics around the world, and they had this, this model. They had this model of everything that needed to be done and, and, what, and their idea of economic growth. They're also one of the organizations that talked about peak oil. We're going to run out of oil in a matter of years. And we're going to... The ozone layer is going to be gone, and and we're going to have nothing but a vast icy wasteland because of pollution. And on and on it went. This was the Club of Rome, and in order to survive, the the whole idea is we're going to need a long term plan, a long term plan to stop growth, reduce the population, reduce farming. And on and on they go. And so they, like many other organizations, always use terms like sustainable sustainable development, sustainable agriculture, sustainable energy. They always use these terms sustainable because they believe that this world can only handle so much. Yet they don't understand the living processes of this planet at all. They look at it, everything is stagnant. They look at everything in this little snapshot of time in which we now live. And there becomes their greatest downfall. And so the Club of Rome today, they are literally still, you know, fail prediction after fail prediction after fail prediction is all they have to offer. Yet people still give them credence. Like I say, their limit to growth report way back when, and they say the world has ignored the risk of a system collapse, and they had predicted that we had long ago run out of time, yet we're still here. And so 50 years later, they have a new report, People and Planet, Hard limits to growth and planetary boundaries. I mean, it just, they have nine boundaries that they have now that we got to maintain. And they're also saying if we don't act immediately, it's going to be too little too late. Sound familiar? Sound like Greta Thunberg? Sound like all the environmentalists? Sound like Joe Biden? Climate change? And, and they talk about numbers that they cannot prove. See, all their predictions now are, you know, 2100 for the year. You know, in the year 2100 or 2150, we have to do these things and we have to have, and on and on, they keep pushing it way past our lifetimes. 
And they want us to act now, even though everything they predicted should have happened 50 years ago is not happening. And now instead of trying to predict what's going to happen in 40 or 50 years, now they're trying to go more like 180 or, or 100 years. How do we know what the world is going to be like in eight or 10 decades? We don't. And this is the problem with every one of these organizations. They cannot be trusted. They talk about income. They talk about equity. They talk about justice. And they are nothing more than the elites that are trying to to run the world. And they have competition, or I should say, right now, the old adage that you hear in the Middle East, the enemy of my enemy is my friend. And so two countries that may not get along may have a third enemy that they both agree on. And so for now, instead of fighting each other, they fight against that common enemy. And then later, they'll fight among themselves. Right now, organizations like the World Economic Forum and the Club of Rome are working hand-in-hand to enslave the world, control its money, control its people, create the one-world religion. They'll use the WHO for digital passports and health control. They're working hard to achieve their goal. The good news, the good news is they're not getting there near as fast as they want to. Evil has one bad tendency, which is good for us. Evil sometimes will overplay the hand with overconfidence. And every time they do, people stand up and push back. Look at Pride Month compared to several years ago. People are saying, no, you're not going to dance and walk around on a public sidewalk half naked in front of my children carrying your stupid rainbow flag. We don't want immoral degenerates teaching in our schools. And maybe one by one, look, there are a lot of school districts that it's a mess. It, I know it. It's a total and absolute mess. You can't even opt out of these gay studies and pride stuff in many schools like in Washington State but if parents stand up and they are counted and they start running for school board see nobody's ever challenged them before so they just go on with impunity teachers and all parents have not been available to do anything to say anything and so what I call the gay mafia the transgender mafia, the money makers, the money changers that make up fortune on all of this, coupled along with those that are trying to to basically run the planet, they may have bitten off a little bit more than they can chew. And so the time to fight back is now. And you do it locally. And then you can do it in your county and then your region, then your state. And eventually it gets to your federal government but it has to start at home. Even in states like California, Oregon, Washington, Massachusetts, New York, New Jersey, it's Maryland, it starts at home. Now, we're gonna go to our break here just a little bit early because I've got some stuff to share on the other side. And like I say, tomorrow we're gonna talk more about the Club of Rome. It's really, it's, it's important stuff. And also how it 
ties into the World Economic Forum and the international banking, uh, all these things like uh, your scoring, your social scoring, it's important you know. If you believe in our ministry, and we do want to try to expand shortwave where we can, we really need your financial help. You can do it from our website, truththenumber2ponder.com, truththenumber2ponder.com. Or make a check or money order payable to Ancient Word Radio. That's Ancient Word Radio. Mailing address, Post Office Box 510. Post Office Box 510. The city is Chilhowee, C-H-I-L-H-O-W-I-E, Chilhowee, Virginia. And the zip code in Chilhowee, Virginia, 24319. That's 24319. Once again, P.O. Box 510, Chilhowee, Virginia. And the zip code in Chilhowee, 24319. And we will be right back after we take this break with more of Truth to Ponder. This is Truth to Ponder with Bob Bierman, the Playroma of you coming up. Shalom Alechem. This is the nice Jewish boy, Jonathan Kahn, your Jewish connection, bringing you the riches of your Jewish roots in Jesus. Now get your pen out as fast as you can so you don't miss out on receiving a special free gift you're going to get and love in a moment. It says in the scripture, in the fullness of time, God sent his son into the world. Now the full, word fullness there in Greek is pleroma, fullness. The picture is of, of a glass filling up, the filling up of time. The Jewish understanding of time is that time is something with a purpose set by God. It's like a cup waiting to be filled. History is like a plan waiting to be filled like a cup for God's fullness to make it come true. So your life is also like a cup. And it's the cup of God's purposes. You have a purpose written over your life, waiting to be fulfilled. It's a cup of holiness, a cup of righteousness, a cup of a victorious life, a peace of joy and blessing. And we spend our lives trying to fulfill it, trying to fill the empty cup. And we can't. You can never fill your life with your life. But it's written that he is the one who fills everything, the Pleroma, who is the fulfillment of us. He came into the world in the fullness, the Pleroma of time, and he comes into our lives to also give us Pleroma, fullness. It's not just that Messiah is fullness. Messiah is the fullness specifically of your life. In the same way, you know, there are a lot of different messianic prophecies, but he fulfilled all of them. So your life is like a prophecy, a messianic prophecy waiting to be fulfilled. It's all different from other Messianic prophecies, waiting because that's it. Your life can only be filled by Messiah. And that's why it's so crucial that you get into his presence daily to be in a secret place so he can fill you up like a cup, your heart, soul, emotions, your needs. He's the play Roma, not only of the Hebrew scriptures and of the universe, but of your life. Want more? Ask for play Roma on CD. Now, the free gift for you, The Mystery of the Temple Doors on CD. You'll love it. And Sapphires with the riches of your Jewish roots in Jesus. Special teachings, updates on Israel, world events and prophecy, the secrets of strength and victory for every day of your life. How do you get all these gifts free? Easy. Just remember Jesus' real Hebrew name, Yeshua, and you dial it. Just call 1-800-YESHUA-1 for your free gifts. You will be blessed, but call now. 1-800-YESHUA-1. I invite you to join me in bringing salvation back to God's ancient people, Israel and the unreached peoples all over the world. It's amazing. The farthest way you can ever impact this world for God. Through Shoei Radio, you can blanket the earth for salvation. Just call 1-800-YESHUA-1 or Y-E-S-H-U-A-1. Or you can write me a direct. Here's how. Just write to the nice Jewish boy in box 1111, Lodi, L-O-D-I, New Jersey, 07644. That's the nice Jewish boy, box 1111, Lodi, L-O-D-I, New Jersey, 07644. 
Well, until next time, this is Jonathan Khan saying, Shalom Aleichem, peace be to you, my friend, in Messiah, or Haolam, the light of the world and the fullness of your life. Truth to Ponder with Bob Bierman. And welcome back to part two of Truth to Ponder for this Monday edition. I want to thank all of you that listen as a podcast around the world, no less, and also those that listen on shortwave. Real quick, once again, if you're just tuning in on radio and missed the first few minutes of the program, as you know, we've been on a number of stations for the past three years and one of those stations has been the voice of hope out of Simi uh, California Simi Valley California area and, and they've just been wonderful partners to deal with we helped them out a couple of months ago when they had a transmitter problem but the cost of doing business in California and the cost of electricity has just gotten to the point there's nothing that they they had a hard decision to make over the weekend and they have now shut down KVOH and their frequency of 9975. They had cut back before on hours because of the massive rise in power bills, more than doubling in a matter of months under what, hap- what the Newsom administration has done with energy in California. And the property they're sitting on is now becoming eyeballed by its owners for other purposes. So it's just not worth rebuilding or moving and the hard decision that breaks their heart and mind is the station is going away effective yesterday. Now, whether it can be resurrected somehow, some way, I don't know. I'm praying about it, praying about some other radio opportunities as well that maybe I'll get into when I get some questions answered during this week. But keep them in your prayers. They have been a wonderful partner and they're gonna be sorely missed. Shortwave is an expensive medium. It's hard to maintain them. There's no money to buy new equipment, so that's not even an option for most of these stations in today's economy. People say, well, why don't you just buy a new one? Well, they're millions of dollars, and there are not that many ministries that can afford it. Many stations have gone off the air, and, and so I, I'm, I'm thankful that I'm still on WRMI, and I'd like to have more hours on WRMI. If we had the money, I would be doing it tomorrow. So just keep that in mind and pray. Now, I want to, until we get this, our streaming and everything done separately for the church, I'm going to use Monday for the next couple of weeks to share the message that I give my congregation at Trinity Chapel here in Southwest Virginia. And and I'm hoping that you will enjoy what you hear. And I'd like to take you now into the sanctuary for yesterday's message from Trinity Chapel. By the way, you can find out about the chapel at the website, trinitychapelvirginia.com. That's trinitychapelvirginia.com. So here's the message that I gave yesterday morning at Trinity Chapel. Heavenly Father, as we gather for a few moments around your word, 
I pray today that you open our ears to hear, our eyes to see, and our hearts to receive what you have for us. For this I ask in Jesus' name. Amen. I'm sure some of you know the story about that particular hymn, It Is Well With My Soul. Some people do, some people don't. Horatio Spafford was a Chicago businessman back in the 1800s. Fairly successful, an attorney as well as I recall, he had taken a severe loss from the great Chicago fire. And in trying to rebuild his life and get things back on track, he decided to spend some time over in England. So he, his wife, and his children were going to be heading then to England. When the day came that it was time to leave, he had some business affairs he needed to attend to in Chicago, and he couldn't leave for at least another month, but he sent his wife and his children by train to New York and from New York on the boat to go to England. Sadly, the wife and the children perished when the boat sank on the way to England. Horatio Spafford got a telegram several days later indicating ship sank, none saved. He decided to continue on to England as planned. And as he traveled across the Atlantic Ocean, he had asked those that were piloting the boat, did they know approximately or where the boat sank? And so he was on deck that afternoon as they crossed that region where the other boat had sank, where he had lost his wife and children. And it's on the deck of that ship that he penned the words like sea billows roll and penned the song that we just sang. Whatever my lot, it is well, it is well with my soul. I love the last verse of that hymn as it talks about Christ's glorious coming again. The hope of all believers that all of what we go through in this life Sometimes it's not easy. Sometimes it's very difficult. Sometimes it's highly challenging. Sometimes it's disappointing. Sometimes it's, Lord, how much longer do I have to put up with this? Or the things going wrong in our lives. It is in this light that I, I look at these scriptures where Jesus is trying to explain to his disciples the difficult days that are ahead. And Sometimes we confuse a couple of things. There are several things that Jesus is trying to talk to his disciples about. Things in the short term, things in the not too distant future, and things yet to come. Jesus predicts his own death, burial, and resurrection. He also talks about the destruction of Jerusalem coming. And that was not that many years away, 70, 77 A.D. The Romans got so fed up with everybody, they just destroyed the place. And yet those things yet to come. We read about earthquakes, rumors of wars. St. Paul talks about 
heaping upon themselves teachers, hearing what they want to hear in the churches. They they don't want to hear the truth anymore. They want to hear what makes them feel good about me. It could be said in almost any generation that I've ever studied. The end times could be upon us. Yet somehow I watch, and I, I talked about this the other day, there's a pendulum that swings back and forth, but each time it swings, it goes a little wider, goes a little farther, a little bit more destructive. And I keep saying, Lord, when are you going to stop the pendulum? When is enough going to be enough? When are you going to call your children home? When is your son coming to return? I look at these scriptures and all of the, quote, negative things, and St. Paul looks at them, and he's kind of like Horatio Spafford. It's well with my soul. Hey, bring it on. And that's the hardest thing to do sometimes, even for believers, to recognize that there is trials, tribulations, and turbulence along the way. How many of you have ever been frequent flyers? Flown a lot. I did for years. Many, many, many years. And I got used to the turbulence that I would hit coming out of Atlanta, especially this time of the year, you know, and in the summer, the thunderstorms. I mean, I've been bounced all over. I had one near-death experience, and my flying days were over then for years. Coming out of Tulsa, Oklahoma. True story. We got on. I was ready to get back home. I had been actually working at a radio station doing some stuff in Fort Smith, Arkansas, and that was just a better airport to do a nonstop back to Atlanta. We get there in the afternoon to catch that flight. It is cloudy. It is stormy looking. It is, you know, I'm wondering if they're going to even fly. And it's been raining. You can hear the thunder in the distance. And we're on board this Delta flight. And captain comes on. This is your captain speaking, Delta. Uh, we, we found out we might be able to get out of here in just a few moments, so hang on. We're going we're gonna to give it a try. And down the runway we went, up we went, wind shear hit, we started coming down sideways rapidly. And I was watching my, I mean, this is like the airplane is starting to tip over. Stuff is flying around the cabin. These five women coming back from some kind of a revival. This is like 30 years ago at Oral Roberts University. They're just praising Jesus. We're coming home. <laughs> See you in a moment. They, they weren't even worried about it. They actually had the confidence not to be afraid. And I will tell you, my stomach is churning in 20 different directions. I'm watching stuff flying around the cabin. And I'm beginning to look at cars on the road, and I'm wondering when I can read the license tags. And suddenly, that engine screaming, he caught a bit of air in the last few hundred feet above the ground, and we were taking off again. That trip to Atlanta was consistently bumpy the entire way, going like a cobblestone road. And it unnerved me so much that it took years before I could ever get back into a jet airliner again. I did 
get on an airliner when I had something to do for ministry. I said, okay, Lord, I'm going to be on this flight. And you want to know something, Lord? If you take me home, fine. If I minister, fine. Look, I still have occasional memories of that flight when I get in an airliner. Not all the time, sometimes. If I look at the weather, it's like, <laughs> it's just so reminiscent. Sometimes being confident and being well with your soul in these turbulent times is not easy. I know it's not easy for me. I spent a lot of time because of a radio program having to study all the bad things going on in this world. It can be depressing. It really can. And there come there come there comes days that we just turn the TV off. I've had enough. And if I do put the TV set on, I'm going to watch an old episode of Lost in Space or something just bizarre. Maybe the Rockford Files. I don't care. Anything to give me a moment's peace away from the troubles and tribulations of this world. A lot of people, and, and I'm not going to name names, but uh, they, they try to outplan God. Well, Lord, if times are going to get tough, I think I need a 25-year food supply. And I can order right now. I can get this macaroni and cheese that'll last for 50 years. And it comes in big plastic containers we can store other stuff in. And, and you get almost consumed by trying to survive. And then the Bible is saying, hello, my God shall supply all your need according to his riches in Christ Jesus. Yeah, yeah, whatever, Jesus. I'm busy trying to buy generators, batteries, satellite telephones. I mean, I've seen it all. And I'm not going to be foolish. Remember the ten virgins parable? Five foolish, five wise. Five were prepared for what they figured could happen. The other five were totally just blindly going through the difference between common sense and abandonment. I also know too many Christians that when they get into these end times, and I'll talk more about it next week, in some of the prophecies, I'm not a date setter. Let me tell you that right now. I've met too many of them in my life. They've always been wrong, every one of them. Ken Wissonet, wonderful guy, met the guy. Former NASA scientist wrote a book called The 88 Reasons Jesus Returned in 1988. And then he had a follow-up where I got it wrong. It's really 89 reasons he's coming in 89. And nobody bought the follow-up in 1990. How many ever heard of Hal Lindsey? Great. Everybody knew Hal Lindsey in the 70s, man. Let me tell you. Everybody, I had the book, Late Great Planet Earth. In there it said... A generation is 40 years. Israel became a nation in 1948. The generation that sees Israel return shall see the Son of Man return. So it's 1988. Date setter. Harold Camping. May 20-something or other, 2012. That day is come and gone by 11 years. And on and on it goes. Go back to the 1800s, date setters, date setters, date setters. What do they all have in common? The day came and the day went by. 
And what I don't understand from people that are supposed to be theologians, what does Jesus say? Not even I know the day or the hour of my return, only the Father, and he'll tell me when it's time. You don't worry about when I'm coming back. And there comes the problem. Sometimes too many people worry about when he's coming back and not what we're supposed to be doing until he comes back. Jesus did not say to hide in your easy chair and count how many packages of pre, you know, of meals ready to eat you got tucked away. We're supposed to be in the harvest. The fields are white with harvest. One of my favorite Bible verses. Here I am, send me, send me. Who's going to go into the harvest? Who's going to take care of the work? Here I am, Lord, send me. Send me. Maybe, just maybe, if a lot of people, and and I'm going to use this term very carefully, I want to know a lot about prophecy. I want to know, like Jesus said, the signs of his coming. I want to be prepared. I don't want to be thoroughly blindsided. But I'm not going to be consumed. I can't be. If I become consumed about his coming again and all the things that can go wrong between now and then, and then, of course, you have two schools of thought. Over here, I have my godly friends that pre-tribulation rapture. Hey, I'm going to stay home and take it easy. When things get bad, poof, I'm gone. On the other hand, you got those might be middle of the tribulation. And then you got some others. You mean we might even have to go through the whole thing? I can't tell you which one it is. I've tried to study it. I've read every author. I have tried to determine it, who's right, who's wrong. And I finally decided that Vance Havner, a good Baptist preacher, was right on it. In his 80s, he made this statement, good Baptist as he was, when asked the question, He said, I'm no longer pre-trib, post-trib, mid-trib, this, all, went down the whole list. I'm not that kind of millennialist. I'm a pan-millennialist. It's all going to pan out in the end. God is in control. And I decided that very day I stopped worrying about the mechanics that we try to dig out of Scripture. It's not not worth worrying about. It's worth trusting. What a... Little kid, I'm singing to him. I am trusting thee, Lord Jesus, trusting only thee, trusting thee for full salvation, great and free. One little side note. Probably about this tall, kid in a children's choir. And we used to do some of these voice exercises to get started. Had a pretty good sized choir. You couldn't fit that children's choir of the church I was in in this building, in this room. It was that big. And we'd have to practice and exercise our voice. And we used to sing in kind of a monotone and keep going up a note. Now I lay me down to sleep. I left my hot rod in the street. If it should roll before I wake, I pray to your Lord, put on the brake. Now I lay me down to sleep. We, just, we, we had all these crazy songs that we sang. But you know something? I thought about it one day when I was in high school. We can actually ask God for some of the strangest things. And he hears and answers our prayers. 
Learn that as a child. Trust. Realize he's in control. He didn't say the world's going to become a bad place and you're all on your own to figure it out. Show me that in the scripture. He didn't say that. Trust. Obey. Follow. Study. Be ready. It's that simple. And if we are prepared inside of ourselves, if we have the truth inside of us, if we are certain of our eternity, if we have the confidence, and here's the best part, we don't have to do it. God gives us his Holy Spirit to encourage us inside of us, to instruct us, to empower us. He doesn't leave it up to us. Thank God he doesn't leave it up to us. Heavenly Father, I thank you for these moments in your word. I pray that these promises you've made and teaching his disciples and us today how to look for the signs of your coming, and you are coming again that we can have the confidence that you'll see us through the hard times, that we may enjoy the good times, that we may see the ability to be in your field of harvest, to see the harvest of those that need to come to know you. Lord, you have given us your salvation as a free gift. You love us with an unending love. You gave your son for us. Lord, teach us to understand what your son meant by fear not. Oh, these troublesome times, Lord, put many into fear. But Lord, make us a victorious people, an overcoming people, and most important, a grateful people for all that you have done for us. For this we ask in Jesus' name. And everybody said together, Amen and Amen. This is Truth to Ponder with Bob Bierman.
comforting to know that the Bible has these words to fear not. Let me say that again. Put these words on your heart. Fear not. Those that know Jesus Christ are told to fear not. This world is on a path for self-destruction at some point. It's on a path for judgment. We understand that. We can look at the biblical prophecies, the things that Jesus said, what is written by St. Paul, what is in the book of Revelation, what is in contained in other Old Testament prophetic books. And it paints a picture that if you are intellectually honest and look at everything happening today, you see all the pieces beginning to fall in place. And my point of the message 
today that you heard from my sermon given yesterday to Trinity Chapel in in Virginia is it is well with my soul regardless of where we are if you have the peace in Jesus Christ. If you don't, then this world is all you've got. And it's on a path, as that old song from the 60s said, we're on the eve of destruction. Truth is now relative. We see things happening sexually explicit in front of children, a moral decay, a decay of honesty, civility. It's happening around us, greed. All of these seven sins, including pride, by the way, have raised their ugly head without impunity in recent decades. And that's what you need to understand. Now, I started by talking a little bit about the Club of Rome on the first half of the broadcast today. And I'll talk more about them tomorrow and the other organizations like them. And what does that really mean to you in the grand scheme of things? What power, what influence do they truly have, if any? You need to know. And so we'll spend tomorrow and then again Thursday discussing these various shadow organizations that pull the levers of government behind the scenes and they own the puppets that we see on the television. They own the talking heads we see in much of the mainstream and even some of the conservative media. Oh yeah, there's some conservatives out there who've got some puppeteer strings attached to them as well. Christians need to get deeper into our faith and stop trusting in the things of this world. Stop trying to plan for a future that may never be and be about the business of God's kingdom. Now, this radio program does need your help. You know, we've lost KVOH. I would love to find a way to get more coverage elsewhere. If it's available, would you consider helping us financially this month? We're getting ready for July. And if you can, you can support us from the website, truththenumber2ponder.com. You can use Give, Send, Go, or make a check or money order payable to Ancient Word Radio, Ancient Word Radio, Post Office Box 510. Post Office Box 510, Chilhowee, Virginia, Chilhowee, Virginia, 24319. P.O. Box 510, Chilhowee, Virginia, zip code 24319. We'll see you tomorrow. This has been Truth to Ponder with Bob Bierman. To find out more, visit our website, Truth, the number two, and the word ponder.com. That's Truth, the number two, ponder.com. Truth to Ponder, shining the light of truth in a darkening world.